Jesus replied, What is impossible with men is possible with God. Peter said to him, We have left all we had to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus said to them, No one who has left home or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. Can everybody hear me? I've got the thing going okay. That's a good text, isn't it? Talks about, uh, first of all, it talks about having family on this earth that's beyond your regular normal human family and he's talking about having brothers and sisters in Christ and aunts and uncles and so forth all related in Jesus when he talks when he tells Peter that and Peter had asked the question he said we've left everything and, and what shall we have and he said well you'll you'll have plenty and he mentioned the fact also that you would have um, more in this present time than you had before. And he's talking about two different worlds. We can, Bonnie and I can personally attest to the fact that we have made, and I'm sure you, you can do the same thing, we have made many friends and companions in Christ over the years, and they've become like family to us people that we've known in the past that have Jesus in their heart, live for Him, and they have Him in their heart. We have a couple here this morning, one young man. He's not a young man anymore. He was young 60 years ago when I first met him. He's from Kennewick, Lee Rawlins. He's, he's a, a son of one of, the, one of our dearest friends, Barbara and Ed Rawlins, and they're gone now. But it's so nice just to just to see them and to know that we're still in Christ and we're in the same family together in the Lord. Now, Jesus told Peter, he said, you'll receive manifold more in this present time. And then he said, and in the world to come, life everlasting. He's using the term in the world to come. And I, I'm afraid at times we miss that point. Because he's talking to his men at that time, Peter and the rest of the apostles, he's telling them that there's another world coming that they're gonna that you're gonna be part of. Now, Matthew, in Matthew chapter nineteen, verse twenty-eight, uses this same illustration. It's it's repeated Matthew nineteen. And in that same illustration he says, Matthew adds, and in the regeneration. So here Luke says, in the world to come, and Matthew says, in the regeneration. In other words, there's going to be a something starting all over again. Okay, he's referring to, that is, this text is referring to the fact, Jesus is, to the new world that he's going to inaugurate after his resurrection. There was a new world coming. Whenever we think of the term world, we're always thinking in terms of our world, aren't we? So when I, I think about my world passing away, I'm thinking about my, my life and what, what goes on in my surroundings and what I know rather than what actually is. But I'm thinking in those terms. And those people were thinking in the same terms. 
the Jewish nation at that time was the people, they were, they were the people of God. And Jesus is saying there's another world coming that's going to incorporate more than just you. It's going to incorporate everyone. That's the difference between Jew and Gentile that we read about in the New Testament. The world Jesus came to was the world that was occupied by the Jewish people who believed that they were the only ones privileged that God even cared about. And Jesus said, your world is coming to an end. There's going to be a regeneration and there's going to be a new world. Now that's interesting to me. When Jesus was asked, when he was taken captive and he was taken by the rulers of his own nation, you know, he came to his own, his own received him not. He came into his own world. The world of relationship to God. The whole world lies in wickedness. We know that and the Bible teaches that. But the Bible also teaches that there was a special group of people called Jews. Earlier they were called Israel. And sometimes you read that term interchangeably in the New Testament. But in the Old Testament they were always called Israel. But they, they, they winnowed down and finally they became a small group and they were called the Jews. But they were of Israel. But they were of a certain tribe of Israel. But they were the only ones that were left. They were called the remnant. And so these are the ones that Jesus came to. They were part of, he was part of their world, and their world was one where they were in touch with God. At least they thought they were in touch with God. That God spoke to them, that God cared about, cared about them, that God took care of them, that He provided for them, and nobody else. Just them. That's comfortable, isn't it? God loves me more than He does you. That was their attitude. He loves us. He doesn't love you. That was their attitude. Jesus said, there's another world coming. A new world. This world is going to end. Your world. This world is going to end. And a new one is going to arise. Now, when Jesus was taken custody, and He was taken custody by His own people, by His own rulers of His own nation, they took Him custody and then turned Him over to Pilate. Pilate ruled a empire. He wasn't the ruler, the total ruler. Caesar was, but but Pilate was the governor of that part of Rome, the Roman Empire. And so when he was talking to Jesus, he, he asked Jesus, what have you done? Why are you here? He couldn't figure out why the Jews had turned him over to him to do something with. He said, what have you done? And in, 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 in Jesus' response was, he said he had a kingdom that was coming. And that's what Pilate asked. What about your kingdom? Are you a king? And so Jesus' response was, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. Whoa. My kingdom is not of this world. It's not going to be anything like what you know. It's not going to be anything like what you're used to. My kingdom is not of this world. He said, if it were, my servants would fight that I would not be delivered to you. But now is my kingdom not from hence. The new world that Jesus was bringing to this earth was unlike anything before it or after it. The new world was the world that the prophets of old had talked about. Listen to what they said about it. In Isaiah 65 verse 17, 
Isaiah said, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. I'm going to create new heavens and a new earth. He's saying, I'm going to create a new world. In Isaiah 66, verse 22, As the new heavens and the new earth which I shall make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your seed and your name. Now Peter talks about this in 2 Peter 3.13 when he says, Nevertheless, we according to his promise look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. He's not talking about heaven. He's talking about a new world. A different world than they were accustomed to. Okay. Now faith is a key ingredient. You say, well I don't see that. Well faith is the key ingredient to being able to see it. If you don't have faith, you can't see it. You can't appreciate it. You can't know anything about it. It's going to go by you. It's going to go whiz right over your head. Now, the reason why, when Jesus came to this earth, that people did not recognize Him is because they did not read the Scriptures and see what the Scriptures were saying about Him. Because there are so many clues back there. So many clues in the Old Testament that were patched in to say, this is Jesus. He's the one. Christ is the one who's coming to save the world and change the world. Make it different. That's what he said. Now in Hebrews chapter verse 11, chapter 11 verse 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And verse 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please Him. He that pleaseth God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that lead that diligently seek Him. And then, of course, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Okay. A new world. How do we see it? How do we get into it? Where is it? Well, our new world begins when we step out of the old world and into the new world at baptism. Did you know that? Matter of fact, the Bible says in, in the John chapter 3, verse 3, Nicodemus came to Jesus, and Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Can't see it. Unless you're baptized, you don't see it. wonder why people don't see what they need to do to please God. Lack of faith. If you don't have any faith, you're not going to see it. So when Jesus said, unless you're born again, you can't see it. Okay, and then in, in uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 1, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How, that, how, that, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ? Therefore we were buried with Him by baptism, that as Christ was raised from the dead, even so we also should rise to walk in newness of life. New. A new life. Okay. In order to see the kingdom, you have to have faith. And when you have faith, then you, you have faith to enter into that world through baptism. You're buried with Him in baptism so that you rise with Him as He rose from the dead after baptism, and you're in the kingdom. You're in the kingdom. Somebody says, I, I can't see why I have to be baptized. Well, you can't see the kingdom, that's for sure. If you don't have faith, because faith tells us 
that we must be baptized. That we must believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. We have to confess Him, let other people know. Faith isn't a secret thing. It's not a, it's not a secret handshake that you make with someone and say, Hey, I've got some of it, do you? No, faith is confessing the name of Jesus. We know who He is. We know who He is because we've been told who He is through the Scriptures. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You don't know about Jesus in any other way than through the Scriptures. That's why we study them. That's why you read them every day. That's why you're absorbed in the Scriptures because you are being brought into God's world through the Scriptures because you're made alive through the Scriptures. Paul said, well, let's, let's go first of all what Peter said. Peter said in 1 Peter 1, 22 and 23, he said, Seeing you've purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and unfeigned love, unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God that lives and abides forever. The Word of God leads us to the water of baptism and up into the new world when we rise again. Then we see what God has for us because we're seeing Jesus and we're seeing everything He's given to us. Paul said, Behold. You know, not only did he say, Look. He said, Behold. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, he says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold. Look. I make all things new. That's what God said. He made all things new. It's a new world. It's a new world. It's not like the old one. And when we come up out of the waters of baptism, because we believe that Jesus is the Christ, and we're buried with Him in baptism, we come up out of the waters of baptism, and step into that new world, we begin to see things differently than we've ever seen them before. We're walking by faith. Paul said, Behold, take a look. Look. Things are different. Things are new. Things are bright and shiny. Now, I'm going to read something in Hebrews chapter 12. If you have your Bible, you might want to read this with me. Because I'm talking about some things that generally people don't talk about. I'm talking about the new world being what you're living in. It's not heaven. The new world that the Scriptures talked about in the Old Testament, promising into the new, is not, is not heaven. It's the world we're living in with Christ by faith. And the only way you see it is by faith. And the reason some people can't see it is because they don't believe. They don't have any faith in Christ. The reason they don't have any faith is because they're not in the Word. The Word doesn't tell them. They, they're not full of the Spirit because the Spirit comes through the Word. That's the way the Spirit comes into your heart. If you shut the Scriptures, if you shut your Bible, you shut the door to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit doesn't come in any other way than through the Word. He comes through the Word. Then He influences us in every way possible. Then He works in us. Okay. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18 through 24 says, You are not come unto the mouth that might be touched, and that burned with fire, nor under blackness and darkness and tempest. You remember, God communicated with His people, Israel, on the Mount Sinai. And it was a terrible sight. Terrible event. It was frightening. It was scary. It was it was uh, 
enough to make grown men shake and quiver. What happened was that on the top of this mountain there was a storm. Clouds and thunder and lightning and voices and it was, it was shaking everything. That was the old world. You say, well, why doesn't God speak to me today like that? Well, He doesn't. He says, that's, that's not what you're coming to. That's not the word you're going to get. He said, it was the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. It says, because they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with the dark. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. Even It even bothered Moses, the strong man of Israel. He said, but you, he's talking about you, but you are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God. Now think with me. Zion was where David the king lived in the Old Testament. And Jerusalem was the place where God's temple was. That's where God met with His people in the Old Testament dispensation. In the old world. Okay? The old world. That's where David lived. That's where God met with His people in the temple. And He said, he said But you are come unto the city of the living God. Here's where you're coming to. Unto the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Okay. We're coming to new things. Now Peter said, when Peter was preaching in Acts chapter 3, He'd gone up to the temple to pray with John. Peter and John go to the temple and pray about the hour of prayer. And there was a man there, a beggar, that was asking for alms. And Peter said, I don't have any money, but such as I have, I give you. And so he, he told the man to rise and walk, take up his bed and walk. And he did. And there were some fellows that stood around and saw that and heard that. And they, they began to get curious about it. And they were leaders those who were, who were supposed to be guides of, of the Jews, and they, they caught him and said, what are you doing talking? What are you doing this for? What are you talking about Jesus for? And Peter, when he began to talk about this, he, he talked about the days of Reformation, the times of Reformation, and the time of Restoration. That's verse 17 in chapter 3 of Acts. The time of restitution and the time of re re refreshing, basically called it restitution and refreshing. So there, there was coming a time when things are going to change from the old to the new. Sometimes we read in the parables of Jesus that Jesus said, you, told, you don't take a, a, a patch and, and try to patch an old garment because it will tear the old garment. So he's talking about the old world. You don't patch up the old world and make it uh, uh, usable again. He said, you don't put new wine in old bottles because it'll burst the old bottles. So he's talking about the old world. But the new world is the new world where we can see things differently than they saw things. We can see something that they didn't see. As Paul said, behold. Now in Ephesians 3 at verse 14 and 15, this text says, For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father and Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named. 
There's a family, a whole family. Do you see them? Can you see the whole family? You see them by faith. You see those who have gone on. And you see the family of God by faith. Those people who have allowed Jesus Christ to come in and take up residence in their hearts and in their lives and make up that community of believers that's called the church. Basically the kingdom. These are God's people. Everyone who has allowed Jesus into his life or her life has allowed him to take up residence has allowed him to become part of their life and they've become part of his kingdom. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 through 3, here's one of those texts I think you think of, you ought to think about. He said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. Now John was told in Revelation chapter 1, verse 1, that, that the revelation of Jesus Christ was going to be given to him by a nation and he was going to pass by an angel and he was going to pass it on, which he did here. He's saying, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth were passed away. He's talking about that old world that Jesus came into. The Jewish system, the Israelite system, the Old Testament world, whatever you want to call it. The world where faith was not the key ingredient, but where the actions or the law was the key ingredient, where people had to do certain things in certain ways, thinking that that's what got them closer to God. What gets you closer to God is the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only way, the only avenue we have to get close to God. And it's by our faith in Him that draws us to Him. He says, These were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God tells me that the church is the bride of Christ, Ephesians chapter 5 what faith tells me. So now I see the new Jerusalem as the church. That's the church. That's what this text says. And it came down out of heaven as a bride adorned for her husband. Okay, let, let's just keep, keep following this along. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And 1 Corinthians 6 and 2 Corinthians 3 tell us that the tabernacle of God, that we are the tabernacle of God. So the tabernacle of God is with men. Okay. So the tabernacle is here. is here. How do we see it? Again, we see it by faith. It says, He will dwell with them. They shall be His people. And God Himself shall be with them and be their God. Now, by faith, if we've come into this new world, which we do, then we, we uh, look at life the life that is given to us by Jesus in the new world with faith, with eyes and ears. Remember, Jesus told those in the Old Testament, He said, you stopped your ears, you shut your eyes, you can't hear, you can't see. But we're told to look, to behold, we're told to look and to see and to hear the kingdom, the new world. And that's done by faith. Now Jesus previewed this new world of faith with the way He conducted Himself. So, if we look at Jesus, we can see in Him a snapshot of what the new world should look like. Okay? Let me give you a new illustration, and I think you'll all appreciate this one. In John chapter 6, verse 30 through 35, 
Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God that you believe on Him whom He has sent. Now He had just fed 5,000 people or 4,000 people. And he had, uh, he had had to cross the Sea of Galilee to try to get away, with, get away from many of them because they were pressing on him. And so they, they found him again and they, they, were, they were following him and they wanted him to feed them again. Feed us some more. What they were looking for was manna from heaven. They wanted some manna. Jesus had been feeding them. He fed them the fishes and the loaves. Now they're asking for manna. They said unto him, What sign do you show us then that we may see and believe what you do work. What, they said, we want to see and we want to believe what you're doing. Give us a sign. They wanted to see some manna, mate, basically. They wanted to see what Moses had done for Israel. Listen, friends, that's the old world. I'm bringing a new world to you. I'm bringing you something better than what you had before. Okay. He said, they said, Our fathers ate manna in the desert, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father gives you that bread from heaven. For the bread of God is He which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. You see the difference in the old world and the new world? See it yet? By faith can you see it? I'm looking at Jesus now as my bread. That takes faith, doesn't it? He will feed me what I need to nourish me so that I can get through this life and get on to the next life. Right? Then said they unto him, Lord, give us some of this bread. Okay. That's the, that's the natural inclination, isn't it? Okay, we want some bread. He said, uh, he'll, he'll give you bread that gives life. He said, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger. He that believes on me shall never thirst. Okay. Now they've got it. They should have it. Jesus said, basically, that's not the kind of bread you're going to get. Here's the kind of bread I'm going to give you. Now listen. Verse 51, he continued with this discourse. He said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. Sounds good. And the bread that I give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. Okay. The Jews strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? What was their problem? What was their problem? No faith. Jesus is the Son of God. He's the bread of life. They didn't understand that. They, they were still in their old world of manna on the ground. Right? Tasted like honey. They did not want this new manna, which was Jesus and His flesh. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. That takes faith, my friends. Can you see that? Can you see what's going on? Can you see what he's, he's asking us to do? He's asking us to ingest Him. Bring Him into us, into ourselves. He's not talking about the Lord's Supper. That's a memorial. He's talking about Himself. We have to consume Jesus Christ. And that takes faith, right? 
That takes faith. Now, he, he went on and said, Whosoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. I'll raise him up at the last day. My flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. And he that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me and I in him. Paul said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Galatians 2 at verse 20. He said, I live nevertheless, not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. You have to take Jesus Christ into your life, into your heart. He has to be there. Now that's one illustration. Actually, everything that Jesus did on this earth was a snapshot of the life that we should be living in the new world, of his teaching. Now, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 2, it says, When John had heard in the prisons, in the prison, the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. John the Baptist had been taken, taken into custody by Herod. And uh, he, was, he was still in prison. And so he was wondering, is this, is, this, is this the Christ? Talking about Jesus. And the answer Jesus gave, some of the disciples came, of John came and asked Jesus' disciples, and they asked Jesus. The answer Jesus gave is, is very significant. Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have the gospel preached unto them, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. This is an application, by the way, this is an application from Isaiah chapter 35, verse 5 and 6. Did you know that? That's what Isaiah talked about. He said when he comes, these are, these are the things he's going to do. So he's saying, this is me. You should, you should be able to recognize me. Now when Paul was talking to these same people, here's what he, what he said to them. In Acts chapter 28, verse 25, he says, When they agreed not among themselves, they departed. These leaders of Israel came and talked to Paul. And in talking to them, he was telling them about Jesus, and they were not getting it. They were not getting it. They were not hearing. They were not seeing. They were not being moved. Nothing was happening. They had a roadblock. They were congested. That's as far as they could go. No further. They were in the old world. If we can get held up in that old world if we're not careful. They were in the old world. They needed to come into the new world. But they couldn't see the new world. Why? Because they shut their eyes. Close their ears. When he spoke one word to them, he said, Well spoke the Holy Spirit by Isaiah the prophet unto the fathers saying, Go unto this people and say, Hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, seeing ye shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted, and I, sh I should heal them. Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent to the Gentiles, and they will hear it, they'll listen, and they'll see it too. Okay. Luke 10, 23 and 24, Jesus told his followers that these are the things that would happen to them. He turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are your eyes, which see the things that you see, 
And, and he said, I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which you see, have not seen them, hear those things which you hear, and have not heard them. Why? Because they were stuck in the old world. And it's easy to get there. It's easy to think in terms of the old world. We need to see, we need to feel, we need to experience, we need to, we need to have all of these physical objects going on so that we can comprehend what is valuable. But Jesus in his own life is showing that that's not the way it goes in the new world. As a matter of fact, Ephesians 5.17, Paul said, Be ye not unwise, understand the will of the Lord. Don't be unwise about this. In the new world of Jesus, now think about it, we're talking about the new world. In the new world, the blind see in Jesus. Why? Because in the new world, those who get in, come in by the door of faith. The blind see. That's what, remember, that's what Jesus said, tell John. The blind see, the deaf hear, the uh, dead are raised up, and so forth. In the new world of Jesus, the blind see, and the deaf hear his voice, and the lame walk. The lame follow Jesus. They get up, just like this man in Acts chapter 2 or Acts chapter 3 when Peter said, what I, I can give you what I have. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. The lame walk. You walk when you follow Jesus Christ. You walk when He tells you to go somewhere and take the gospel to a neighbor. The lame walk. And it says the lepers are cleansed. In the new world, we're cleansed from our sins. The dead are raised up. We are raised up to a new life in Jesus Christ. And the poor hear the gospel. And they understand its wonderful message. You know what? The gospel is not so complicated that only the highly educated can understand it. It's not, is it? It's the message of faith. We believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. We believe that we can open our hearts. We believe that by faith, Christ can come into our hearts. By faith, we can walk with Him and He can walk with us. And we can sup with Him and His Father at His table. We, we believe that because we have faith. Revelation 21, verse 22 and 23 says, I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Now, in Jesus, no one stumbled over Him, in Him, in, in the new world. He said, Blessed are the, the poor will hear the gospel preached, and no one will stumble over Me. With faith, by faith, we don't stumble over Jesus. We stumble over other things, but not over Jesus. And we don't stumble over Him because the sun is always shining. In Jesus. Now, those who have no faith cannot see that. They cannot see that. The sun is always up in Jesus. There are no clouds blanking His image. He's always there. The sun is always there. Revelation 21, 22, and 23 says, as I started to read, He said, I saw no temple there. And He's talking about the new Jerusalem, the new place. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it, and the city had no need of the sun, neither the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. You're always in God's sunshine 
in the new world, in the world of Jesus. In the new world of Jesus, the storms of this life will come. There will be thunder and lightning and wind and rain and terrible tempest, but we'll be underneath the umbrella of God's love, protected by Him, by, by Jesus Christ. And the storm will, in fact, pass over us. It will not sweep us away in the new world of Jesus. Revelation 21, verse 3 through 5 says, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. That's where it is. Now let me hasten to say this. Everyone that believes in Jesus Christ and opens their heart is baptized into his world, opens the door of his heart or her heart, and Jesus comes in and that is his temple. That's his dwelling place. We are the tabernacle of God. And because of that, everyone else who has done the same thing is related. We're all related. That's what Jesus told Peter. He said, in this world you're going to lose these things, but in the new world you'll have hundreds, a hundredfold of family, husbands, wives, family, children, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers. You're going to have a new family because everyone who has Christ in his or her heart is in the same temple you're in. We're all in the New Jerusalem. And in that New Jerusalem, the tabernacle of God is with men. He'll dwell with them. They shall be His people, and God Himself will be their God, and God will wipe away all tears from their eyes. I want you to understand something very quickly. It does not say that there will be no tears in heaven. There may not be in heaven. In the new world... It says he'll wipe away the tears. Okay? If you cry, he'll, he'll comfort you. He'll wipe them away. And he says, and there shall be no more death, because Jesus said, he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He that lives and believes in me shall never die. And he asked Martha, do you believe that? And she said, yes, Lord, I do at the resurrection. Right now. Right now. It's not just at the resurrection. It's right now after you've been resurrected first in Christ, been baptized into Jesus Christ. You're in the new world. You are resurrected. You have a new life. And there'll be no mourning, neither sorrow nor crying. You don't have to be concerned because God is with you. And He's not talking about just not stubbing your toe or not breaking a hand or breaking a foot or losing a tooth or losing your hearing or your sight. He's talking about the fact that you have all these good things that God has given to you in this new world and even though you're under a handicap, you're not going to be crying and mourning and, and being inconsolable because of all these things because you're in God's new world. The former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Right, for these words are true and faithful. I make all things new. This is heaven on earth, the new world. Heaven in heaven is somewhere else. But there is a heaven on earth, a new world of Jesus. A world where everything that goes up will stay up. You ever heard the expression? Everything that goes down up has to come down. Not in Jesus it doesn't. Everything goes up stays up. 
Well, things, they're all, they're, everything will always get worse. You have, you, you have to prepare for the worst. No, not in Jesus. You don't. You don't. It's just going to get better. It's not going to get worse. It'll get better every day. It'll get happier. You won't, you won't, you won't be as concerned and upset as you would be if you were not in the new world. In the new world, everything is bright, shiny, and better. In the new world of Jesus. It is what we hope to have after our life on earth is finished. We have it here as well. Just a taste of. And maybe that's what the Bible talks about when it talks about having the earnest of the Spirit. We have a part of what we're going to get later. But my friends, it's wonderful now. It's the new world. And we invite you to come into it. If you're not there, you need to be. And you come in by faith. Faith comes not, not magically. Faith comes when you've been reading the Scriptures. And when you say, hey, the Scriptures tell me, and the Scriptures are the communication of God to this world. The Scriptures tell me, I hear, that Jesus is the Christ. He is. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And then I say, oh, I believe that. And I believe He can save me. And I can believe I can have a better life now and the hope of eternal life later. I want in the new world. Do you? Let's, let's stand and sing the song of invitation. I'll stop at this point.